The Triad Podcast Network is brought to you by Ashley McKenzie Sharp and the Sharp Mortgage Team, who are here to tell you that there are options for people in Winston-Salem ready to buy a home, but are hesitant because of interest rates. The Sharp Mortgage Team can help buyers in many ways, including using North Carolina down payment assistance and a program called the 2-1 Buy Down. How does it work? The buyer pays a fee at closing to reduce the interest rate on the buyer's mortgage by 2% in year one and 1% in the second year. This temporarily lowers the buyer's monthly payment to make the home more affordable. Then in two years, the buyer can look to reduce the interest rate by refinancing the house. Now that so many homes are on the market, this is a fantastic way to negotiate with the seller so that you both win. The Sharp team is here to help buyers all around the triad purchase their next home. Get started with a simple email, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at S-H-A-R-P-E loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode with our certified financial planner. She is Jennifer Johnson. She is with Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They are a local wealth management company here in Winston-Salem. She's been a longtime partner of ours. Uh, Full disclosure, I I work with her and love my experience there. And so uh, in the show notes, you can find out how to get a hold of her for anything that you may want to Uh, ask about or get advice on with your own experience. Um, But today, we wanted to jump on as as quickly as we were able to and discuss a a, a major development in the world of student loans and Mm -hmm. how people are managing their personal debt. And it's through uh, the the recently announced plan that the White House and Joe Biden uh, had, which was a student loan, student debt forgiveness program. Uh, this was just recently at, in the late stages of August. And so it's got everybody kind of going around trying to figure out, well, what does this mean for me? I have student loans. I borrowed money to for higher education. What does this mean for me? And mm-hmm. we're here to hopefully answer some questions to be able to figure out what it means, what it doesn't mean, and and what to do um, if if this could potentially apply to you. So a uh, lot of lot of questions to dive into related to that, Jennifer, but I thought we'd just kind of start with the why. Why did why did the, sure. the White House um you know want want to move forward with something like this? Yeah, I think I think back a few years ago prior to COVID, um, I think you and I actually did a podcast on some of the other loan forgiveness programs that were out at the time and they were pretty hot topics because student debt or college loan debt had really become an important thing we've seen we saw in the news at the time it was it was because i think the borrowing had had reached a new level student debt had reached a new level i think in part because of the the rising cost of of a college education and and the fact that we had maybe for the first time some for-profit universities that came out and people took out loans, very young people in some cases, not really understanding the impact of that. And then they were saddled with these loans and these repayments that, that they weren't anticipating and were really struggling. And there was some, some talk, and I think it's still out there, that a lot of these loans may default, may never be paid back because people have gotten themselves into situations where they've paid for very expensive degrees that aren't very 
income producing. And so they can't um, unfortunately pay those back. And that's gotten the attention of the the Biden administration. I believe that was one of his campaign promises mm-hmm. to um, to give some relief to those that were struggling to pay back their student loans. Um, and certainly it's outside the scope of what I do as a financial advisor um, to, to really comment on whether or not that's a good idea or a bad idea. Of course, there's a lot being written about how much that's going to cost the taxpayer. Um, and, and none of that really is, is within my uh, scope of work. What I do primarily is, is work with folks on an individual or, or family level mm-hmm. uh, and really help, help them achieve their financial goals. And, and debt is maybe, um, you know, one of the, the top two or three topics, you know, we've talked about uh, all kinds of debt, right? And I think a lot of it is, is probably our common listener is a young professional that's balancing a few different goals, you know, from buying a home, uh, saving for retirement, you know, maybe saving for college too, and figuring out, you know, how to best allocate um, their limited income toward all these, this juggling act of different goals is, uh, is a common thing I think people are, are dealing with. And a lot of those folks had student loans. So I thought this might be an important topic to dig into for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and to be clear, as, as Jennifer kind of alluded to there, we, we are not here to debate the pros and cons right. of this forgiveness right. plan. Um, you, you can you can go to whichever whichever news outlet or debate <laughs> format show podcast that that you want to to argue the two sides of of the the positives and negatives to this. Um, what we are here to do on this is this is happening, and we want to find right. out the impact. And, and right. whether you, the listener, could potentially benefit or or be affected by this. Mm-hmm. So so let's start there, Jennifer, in terms of the impact. So the right. student loan forgiveness plan, what will be the overall impact of something like this? Yeah, the White House says that's going to eliminate all student loans or all student debt, I should say, for about 20 million people, which is pretty amazing to think that that it may may affect or may completely eliminate the debt for 20 million people. Because certainly you hear, I think the average loan balance is higher than um, 10 or 20,000. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's good. Um, if that does help that many people um, and, and even more than that, it may reduce their, their outstanding, you know, student loans, but, um, but there's a couple limits, I think being thrown around. So I think it's going to be important for people to, to understand what they might qualify for and what they would need to do there. So, so I think that's important to dig into. I mean, one is, you know, you've, you've heard, you know, $10,000, right. And then I've also heard $20,000. Um, and, and I think that might be good to know the difference there, but, and then I also think it's important to note, you know, we discussed this before when it was a hot topic about, um, student loan forgiveness for those in, in certain fields, certain nonprofit fields uh, before where people were, were given that promise that their loans would be forgiven only to find out it was a much more cumbersome process to actually get them forgiven. And, and in a lot of cases, they were not forgiven. Um, in this case, it looks pretty clear this is going to go through. But I think an important thing for people to know is that it's, it's my understanding that this only applies to federal student debt which means if you have a private loan, um, I 
don't believe from what I have read, this will apply here. So I think one thing that's going to be important is to find out what type of student loan you have. Um, is it issued through the fe- through a federal program or through a private lender? And if so, you know, that's going to be a really important distinction. And it also is important to know if, if you were, um, if you qualified for a Pell Grant, that's where I think the $20,000 potential forgiveness comes in. Hmm. If you, and which I think would be a lot of people, I believe a lot of people typically qualify for Pell Grants, but um, if you did not, uh, your potential forgiveness limit is lower up to $10,000, but still certainly, you know, two significant numbers. Um, but I think one that I would, I would check into before you get really excited, you know, what type of student debt do I have, yeah. you know, who has issued that, um, and then find out, you know, d- did I get a Pell Grant, you know, or did, did I not? And that's going to be a, a pretty, you know, pretty important difference there. Yeah. And, and obviously this is a, because this is coming from Joe Biden in the white house, this is a federal plan, a federal, right. um, initiative that they're rolling out in this student loan forgiveness, which means it does not have jurisdiction over the private entities that may All issue right. funds for, for student loans. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an important distinction. Um, similar to the stimulus packages that people received during the pandemic, it appears that this also has some, some income limits for people in terms of whether right. they can take advantage of this. Is that accurate? That's right. Yeah, the limit. So, so you must be earning under a maximum amount to qualify, and that's going to be for an individual one hundred twenty thousand. Excuse me, one hundred twenty-five thousand per year. For a couple, that amount jumps up to two hundred fifty thousand per year to be eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, an important thing that that people will know beyond just find or people need to do beyond just finding out what type of loan you have. Is going to be you're you're most likely going to need to apply for forgiveness um, because you're going to need to certify your income, right? I mean, there's the chance I have seen it written that if you have already certified your income with the Department of Education because you're on an income-based repayment plan, um, they they have your information already, and it's it's a very good chance you may automatically, uh, if you're eligible again. Uh, receive that forgiveness, those, those loan balances may go down automatically. But if it were me, I would plan on needing to apply uh, and and what they call certify that income, which is probably going to, I would imagine, mean providing some, some tax data, Mm -hmm. maybe copies of returns or something like that. We've been told to expect a, um, a form to appear um, on the Department of Education's website in a few weeks. Um, as of the time of this recording, I, I have not been able to locate that. So, um, so we're, I would say keep your your eye out for that. Be prepared that you know you may need to show that you qualify by earning less than that um, than that max amount of income. Because if you earn more than that, unfortunately, you don't qualify. And I think that's one reason that um, this is quite controversial. Again, it's not what we necessarily want to, to discuss on this podcast. It could be a 24 hour podcast, if so. And I think we <laughs> want to limit it. Um, but that's an important thing. You know, don't just assume, you know, because you have so much in debt that it's going to automatically be quality, that you're automatically going to be forgiven. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. check what kind of loan you have, you know, how much income do you have? Are you, you know, are you, are you within that allowance? 
And if so, I would be, you know, plan to apply for that and just be on alert, checking for that form. The Triad Podcast Network is presented by Icon Custom Builders in Winston-Salem. We've all been there. You're thinking of making some changes around the house. So what do you do? You take to social media, ask for recommendations to make those home improvements, and inevitably, you get 20 responses and each one has a different answer. You're even more confused. Well, we're here to make it easy for you. Just talk to our friends at Icon Custom Builders. Whether it's a large or small renovation, they've been transforming homes in the triad since 2005. And like we've been saying for several months now, chances are you've got more equity in your home than you realize. So now could be the perfect time to consider some upgrades. Maybe you want to modernize your kitchen or optimize your outdoor space for entertaining. You can even restore your older home with a more functional layout and design while preserving the original character and charm. Whatever's on your wish list, Icon can help turn it into reality. Now, if you're like me, the whole idea of home renovation is overwhelming. But not to worry, Icon has a full-service design-build team that guides homeowners through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. To follow up on what you're talking about with a form on the Department of Education's website and it being something that's coming but not there yet, can anybody who's eligible, can people start the process now? And, and maybe you're going to get to this, but um, or, or are we still waiting on some some actionable items to actually be ready? Well, I would, I would get your, um, I would certainly get your tax return, get a copy of that ready. You Mm -hmm. know, if you know, Hey, I'm under that, but I'm not on an income-based repayment plan, you know, have that ready. You also, if you're not sure what type of of, uh, loan you have, uh, you Mm -hmm. can go to studentaid.gov and uh, look for a, a list of, of loan servicing companies, because um, what's confusing, I think, and Adam, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, is that people have federal loans, but they're serviced by a private company, typically, that has contracted with the federal government to service that loan and probably other types of loans. So it's very possible that people have multiple student loans. Um, And so they'll probably need to check with that service provider to see what they have. Um, I, I did find a list of those common ones on the website, links to their websites and phone numbers. So I would start there if you're not sure. Um, that's that's probably what I would do. And then you can also sign up um, on that website too for notifications for updates. And so that way, when the form is released, um, you should receive a notification so you can you can be ready to kind of get get in line there too. I, I would be. You know, I would be wary of anybody that reached out to you regarding it. Um, You know, unfortunately, these types of things are, you know, common scams um, that are out there where, you know, somebody may, uh, you know, you may get fished, you may, you know, get an email, get a a strange phone call, um, you know, to apply for these. I I think, you know, if, if it were me, I would be wary of anybody reaching out to me on this. I mean, that's typically going to be something you're, you know, they're not going to reach out to you Mm -hmm. on, you're going to need to take some steps. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, 43 million could potentially be eligible for some type Mm -hmm. of forgiveness. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's 
I don't think there's much motivation for the federal government to <laughs> right. reach out, reach out to those 40, 43 million right. people and say, Hey, you need to do this. Why haven't you done this yet? So yeah, if, if right. anybody's contacting you about this, um, out of the blue, best to ignore that. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I mean, I guess they say this could happen pretty quickly. I mean, I, I I would be prepared to have to jump through some hoops, I guess, mentally too. I mean, I think, um, you know, I just think unfortunately, you know, it's going to be something where, I mean, 43 million applications, they're probably going to get bogged down Oh yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, I just, I would be, you know, be prepared for this to take some time. Maybe I'm wrong. If so, great. Um, you know, maybe they have an efficient process for this, but this is, this is the first time that I have any knowledge of there actually being a, a president wiping out student loans. So I, I would guess there's just not a, there's not a process, a great process in place. I mean, yeah. we know from that experience with the public service loan forgiveness program, um, which is something we talked a lot about before COVID hit, you know, that, that was a, a tough process for folks that even got those forgiven. They had to go through a lot of submissions of data um, you know, really follow up on it. So I would just be prepared mentally for that and just make sure you have documentation to things like your income and, and, you know, you, you check the process with your service provider for how you're going to go through this. This show is presented by the Ginther group, a real estate team based right here in the triad and the only ones we trust here on the triad podcast network. I've been podcasting with Blake Ginther and his team for a few years now always blown away by how well the experts at the Ginther Group can make sense of a rapidly changing and oftentimes chaotic real estate market. I know I feel smarter after each episode we record right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Then when it came to sell a home, I chose the Ginther Group. They steered me in the right direction at all times in terms of how much time and money to invest in order to maximize the things I wanted out of the transaction. And we ended up selling for nearly 10% above asking. Look, I can't guarantee you the same results, but why wouldn't you at least meet with them and see what's possible? Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to see if The Ginther Group can help you own your future. Now back to the show. Okay, so what we've been talking about is the, the student loan forgiveness where it could just potentially wipe out for a lot of people up to $10,000 of what you still owe, just wipe it away from from your debt. But right. th- there's another phase to this, right? Um, because when COVID started, one of the ways right. that they tried to offer forgiveness was allowing pause for mm-hmm. payments of student loans. Um, right. This right. is this is surfacing this is resurfacing with this program, is it not? That's right. Yeah. I mean it's really since March of 2020, if you had a a federal student loan, you haven't had to make payments on that, right? And interest has not accrued during that time. And that has been extended for everyone through the end of the year. And I think the Biden administration has been clear that this will be the last extension of that. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's important to know. And a lot of people, you know, we, I talked earlier about how, you know, a lot of young professionals have been balancing, you know, where to send uh, extra cash flow. So a lot of a lot of uh, borrowers said, "Well, 
you know, if I'm not earning interest and these possibly could get forgiven, you know, I'm not going to make payments on my student loans during this time. Instead, I'm going to apply that to a car loan. I'm going to save for my child's college. I'm going to, you know, put more in a retirement plan. And so they have, they've chosen not to pay on those. Now, a lot of folks though, continue to make those payments, right? I mean, and that's, I think part of part of the frustration, you know, you hear from people as well, I, you know, but I paid mine. Um, th- there is a, a process here. If, if you now qualify, you could ask for refunds of those payments that were made after really? March of 2020. Yes. So um, that's against something to, to check with your service provider on. So if you, you know, you continue to make payments because you were, you know, it was important to you to pay that down. You know, you didn't, you, you didn't believe this would ever happen, um, you know, check and, and see if you're due a refund of those. Now that's again, only for those that would be under those um, max income um, allowances and, you know, would qualify for forgiveness. If, if you don't qualify for forgiveness, there's no point in asking, you know, for a refund mm-hmm. because you wouldn't be eligible for that. And then the other thing, you know, the, Again, here we're recording this in late August, uh, just in time for back to school, right? So, yeah. um, so uh, you know, student loans and, and back to school is just such a hot thing right now. But, but you won't have to make payments through the end of the year. But, you know, one of my concerns is, as a financial advisor and working with people is that folks that have now gotten used to not making those student loan payments for almost two years, right, at that point, um, you know, now those those payments are going to pick back up mm-hmm. and you need to be prepared for that. I, you know, I would, I would certainly, if, if, if you look at this, I think this is, it's clear at this point, if you don't qualify now, they're not going to be forgiven um, and you're going to need to start repaying those. So I would say definitely be prepared for that um, and know, you know, how, how you're going to pay for that. And then uh, there's another interesting thing, you know, at this point, you know, we mentioned the income driven repayment programs where, and if folks don't know what that is, it's if you have a a federal student loan, once you've graduated and it's time to start repaying that, they they would give you a few options. And if you, if your income um, was relatively low, you know, you could, you could request to make payments instead of based on a certain time period to have the the loan paid off. You know, if you made a, a, a lower income, you know, they would allow you to pay less. Of course, you're going to pay longer mm-hmm. on the student loan because you're paying less with each payment. But um, those, which I didn't even realize before doing this research, but um, those were allowable up to 10% of your income uh, could go toward an income-driven or income-based repayment plan. Um, one of the proposals here is to try to cap that at 5% going forward. So if you are lower, you know, lower income and, you, and you're not going to qualify for forgiveness, it may be that you can actually pay a little bit less mm-hmm. you know, per month on your student loans going forward. But just be aware, you know, depending upon how much you borrowed and what your income is, you know, you, you could be paying for that for a really long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to that, how to manage debt, um, you know, those are things to to consider certainly. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to pay longer. You're going to pay more in interest over the term of the loan. Um, but it is, it is an option for people that 
where where a student loan payment might just eat up too much into their mm, monthly right. budget. Um, but but I like what that's you said right. earlier. Yeah, and I like what you said earlier too about you got to kind of retrain your budget to be ready for in in four months. Um, if you have paused those payments in four months, they're gonna have to start again, and you got to get right. your bu- you got to get your budget ready for that. That's right, because you know a lot of professionals out there. You know, I think of people that have graduated medical school, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, those can be some really sizable loans, and you know, for better or worse, maybe they've graduated. They're now making, you know, finally making some some good money, so they're not going to qualify. You know, probably for this forgiveness. You know, so and, and probably maybe have during this couple year hiatus of being charged interest have decided to do other things with their funds, which, you know, again, may have been the perfect thing to do, but it's, you know, it's now time to be prepared to, to pay those uh, loan payments again. So I would, I would already start to look ahead to that. Um, Soon we'll be talking about holidays and, you know, how to spend money on that, but that's something people need to be prepared for. Um, I, I think too, I mean, I've heard some folks say, well, maybe this, this is probably going to be challenged in court. Um, you know, but for most, most from, from what I have read, most folks think this is going to stick. So it's most likely going to be, this is most likely what we're going to be, you know, dealt with, um, you know, but it's unlikely probably to happen again. I think one concern I have is that people think, well, maybe they'll forgive another 10 or 20,000 in a couple of years. And I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think, I think we're at a point now where, I mean, obviously you want to within the rules, um, you know, take advantage of what's out there, but, you know, be, be prepared for, for any loan payments here, you know, that, you, that you, maybe you haven't had to deal with up until now will need to, to be dealt with soon. So a couple of follow-up questions, and I think it's I think that's sure. an important point to mention is this is unlikely to be repeated. You know, this right. one, this one, we're optimistic that it'll stick, even if it is challenged in court. But if this does stick, it's probably a one-time deal. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But right. um let me ask you, so if what would you say to the person that their, their payments will restart in January of 2023, but their budget's just not ready for it. They, mm, they need, mm-hmm. they, it's really going to hit them hard and it's going to make things pretty yeah. tight. What, what, what would you say to that person? Well, I would look at a couple of options. I mean, I think if, you know, as we've talked before, you know, dig into that budget, is there something you can cut out? Um, if there's not, you know, is there additional income opportunities for you, a side hustle? Um, I think the other option that folks can look at is there's some kind of refi, mm-hmm. um, you know, should you refinance these, um, look at a, a creative lender like a SoFi or something like that, because if you don't qualify for forgiveness now, you know, as we're probably beating a dead horse, you're probably not going to at any point in the future. So it's yeah. just a now we've got to find a long-term solution, you know, is there some way, because it's, it, it's going to have to be dealt with now. So I would look for a way, you know, is there something you can do to make that payment work? Um, and realistically it's, it, is there are expenses you can cut out? Is there a way to create additional income? If not, you know, I think the only option then is to really look at, 
possibly a refinance, yeah. maybe spread the spread the term out, lower the interest rate or, or both to make it work. Yeah. And and people normally talk about refinancing with with their mortgages, which takes it out to another longer term. It reduces yeah. your interest rate and it saves you, it could save you a few hundred dollars uh, a month. Um, That's right. Yeah. That's okay. So what would you say then to the person who um, comes to you and says, Jennifer, this this student loan forgiveness program just wiped out the rest of my student debt. Right, I'm no longer right. having I'm no longer having to pay on that. That's what, right. What should what yeah. should I what should I do now? What should I do with those savings? Yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna be the best question, right? Because it's it's always gonna be tempting to spend that on something else to consume it, right? It's to take on a, a car loan, it's to it's to buy something else and replace that. But I think especially one thing I have noticed in my work is is in you know, I talk to young professionals. You know, I also do some small business retirement plans. And so I'll go out to a small group, encourage people to save for their retirement. And inevitably, there's some folks that I encounter that are will say, gosh, you know, I know it's really important to start saving early for my retirement, but I have a five or $600 a month student loan, you know, and I just can't afford it. Um, now is your chance if that's you. I mean, I think the temptation is going to be to spend that on something, but Really, you're used to making that payment. So now let's let's leverage that and and pay yourself first, right? That old mm-hmm. adage. So it's you know it's make sure if again first thing have an emergency fund. If you don't have an emergency fund of at least a few months of those critical expenses, I would do that as step one. And then beyond that, you know, if there's destructive debt like credit cards or something else, you know, that's something of course that needs to be dealt with, but Anything beyond that, I would look toward those those savings goals. You know, make sure you're participating in your employer's retirement plan, especially up to a match if there's one offered. If you have kids, you know, that you really wanted to put away for their college so they don't recreate a cycle of, of having more student loans, you know, maybe now's a chance to start a, a 529 plan, you yeah. know, for those those kids. I think um, sometimes the the newfound cash flow uh, has a tendency to to get you know sucked away toward other stuff. But I think there's there's kind of a critical window um, once you've once that payment has stopped, like in this case for the student loan, uh, where you want to want to get that going toward another direction before it gets kind of sucked into something else. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so maybe just a, a quick recap of. Somebody feels like yeah. they have a, a decent chance, or they want—they're curious now to see if they qualify for anything that we've talked about. What what should be their their first one or two steps of, of in terms of resources? Who they should call? What website right. they should go to, to 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 try to start the process? Yeah, I would. You know, I think right now the one of the best things you can do is is go ahead and go on the Department of Education's website. Maybe we can we can possibly I can get you a link, maybe Adam for the show notes or something. Yep. But you know, go on there, um, check with your service provider. Hopefully, there are one on that list there, and to see okay, what what type of loan do I have? I think that's step one. You know, step two is uh, is my income low enough where I would qualify. Am I prepared to, to prove that if necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, sign up for the notification. If, 
if the answer to those two questions is yes, you know, sign up for that notification such that as, as soon as that application is is live, you can go ahead and get live. Because again, I think I think this is going to be something that's going to be backed up. So I'd be prepared for that. Um, okay. And then I would, you know, don't, you know, basically don't don't count your chickens before they've hatched. Right. Make sure, you know, before you, you know, before you assume you're not going to have to make this payment ever again. You know, make sure that's the case before you, you know, go and and plan to take a vacation or something with yeah. that newfound money. You know, make yeah. sure. And then if you do qualify, you know, um, you know, we'll talk about other goals. You know, longer term goals, retirement, college, whatever else. Uh, reach out to me. Um, you know, you can you can find information on our website. Three Magnolias financialadvisors.com. You can call us here, 336-701-1600. We can talk about that. But but I would make sure you qualify first, um, you know, and then get in line if you do and just, you know, be prepared to uh, submit everything necessary to uh, mm-hmm. qualify. Yep. We've got Jennifer's information in the show notes as well and her email address, jennifer at the number three dash magnolias.com. Uh, Jennifer, very educational as always. Um, hopefully some folks maybe learned a little bit about how this is all going to work. And uh, hey, if 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 you're one of the ones that benefit from this, then you know, good good for you. And make sure you use that those extra savings wisely. And if you need help on what to do with those extra savings, make sure you you give Jennifer a call. So uh, appreciate it, Jennifer. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. It was fun. Securities offered through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.